0: So I want to welcome, uh, if you're visiting with us at Hope, because you're here for graduation or just here visiting family members over the weekend, we hope you have a warm welcome here and what a gorgeous weekend we've prepared for you here in Dubuque. Um, Boy, it would be great if we could control it. We can't. So for some of those, so what we've been doing in the last month is we've been talking about, the series has been entitled, Help I'm Blank, Help I'm Blank a jerk sometimes, or help, I'm worried all the time, or, you know, we've, we've kind of gone through that. So today, uh, this weekend, we're talking about help, I'm overwhelmed. Now those of you who are uh, follow very closely Lion Training know the name Clyde Beatty, and uh, are well aware of his technique, and that, I know that most of you don't follow that but he was the one who dis- the changed lion tra- tra- training because what he did was he would go into a cage with a gun and a whip, that makes a whole lot of sense, and a chair. Do you ever wonder why they carry a chair with them? It's like the lion's looking at the chair, and in spite of the gun and the whip, he's looking at the chair saying, oh, wow, he's got a chair. What am I going to do now? You know, it's, it just seems a little bit like that doesn't, it seems out of place. Well, the chair is really pretty significant because what the chair does is a lion is a single-minded animal and basically the the legs of the chair are very confusing to the lion to the point that he becomes overwhelmed by focusing on the different legs of the chair. So that's what it's meant for. So it's almost as though one moment the trainer comes in and the lion says, Lunch. Lunch. The next minute he sees the chair and he says, what was I thinking about just now, you know? And so they've used that. And, and, and I was thinking about, when I was thinking about this whole thing of being overwhelmed, that's really me and maybe it's you that the world comes at us like a chair with four legs. Or maybe a different picture would be helpful. You know, juggling, you're throwing the pins up in the air and you're trying to keep track of the pins. And you're keeping, you know, you have so many, it's okay. But here's what happens. You may get one or two going. I don't know how you juggle with one. I can juggle with one, though. Um, but you get two or three pins, and you're doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden, somebody throws a third or fourth pin in. And what happens is like... They all fall to the ground, right? You become overwhelmed. And that's the way life is. Life is like a a, a four-legged chair coming at you and you're going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is this, this, this? You know, the pins in the air. And and you find that everything falls to the ground. Here's what I want to tell you this weekend. My hope for you this weekend is, I know that what we talk about today is not going to change your circumstances. But I hope it will change you. I hope you'll change and you'll address your circumstances in a different way because of, of how we interact with our passage today. Now, in the text that we're going to look at, it's going to be found in Luke chapter 10, but in, in, the, in the text that we look at, Jesus discusses, he talks about who's our neighbor. And he talks about the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan parable, you've heard it before. It's This man is um, walking down the road and he gets mugged and he gets left for dead. And two uh, religious men walk by him, one after another, and they kind of look at him and they go, you know what, it's dangerous, I'm not going to get involved, and they walk the other way. They kind of walk by. The third man comes, and he's a Samaritan, he's hated by the Jews, and that's meant by Jesus, because he's showing, you know, all these religious people walk by, but then the one guy that you guys think is a real dog, he's the one who stops. And he doesn't just help the guy, he puts him on his his horse, takes him down to the inn, and he says to the innkeeper, you take care of him, whatever cost there is, I'll take care of it later. And essentially what Jesus is saying in that parable is, you have a responsibility as a follower of Jesus to minister to anyone who has need. And then he starts talking about this passage that we're going to look at today. He's invited to this party. Kind of like what we're going to have maybe this weekend, right, at some home? We're going to have people together. and, And so these two sisters are preparing. Well, really, one of them is Mary and Martha. And they have this brother, Lazarus, and he comes in because he's going to die and then Jesus is going to raise him from the dead and all that later on. But essentially, today, it's just a party. And it's just inviting Jesus and His disciples. And Mary is like working hard at putting this party together. And here's what you're going to find. These sisters are worlds apart. These two girls are different. And what you're going to find today is you're going to connect with one of these sisters. Some of you are going to connect with Martha. And some of you are going to connect with Mary. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to connect with one of them and you're going to think the other one's a (laughs) dirtbag. That's what you tend Yeah, yeah, why would you do that? I mean, that's kind of how you're going to do it. You know, if you're Martha, you're going to be, you know, look at, I'm working hard and you're just sitting there, you're lazy and Mary's going to be sitting there and she's going to be at the feet of Jesus. You're going, what are you all stressed out about, man? Chill, you know? And so that's where the passage is going. And no matter, you know, you were all wired a little differently, but some of you are going to kind of go, yeah, I'm a Martha. Some of you are going to say, yeah, I'm more like Mary. And we're going to look at those differences because they're significant in in, we, in as we deal with this whole thing of being overwhelmed with life. Let's read the passage. It's Luke 10, verse 38. <clears throat> You are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about Mary has discovered, and it will not be taken from her. So Martha is absolutely overwhelmed. She's working hard for Jesus. She is so frazzled, and she tries to. It's very interesting. You've probably done this before. She tries to give Jesus a guilt trip. She basically says, "Jesus, do you think it 's fair that i 'm working my fingers to the bone, and here my, my sister 's sitting here and, and she 's not doing anything to help me don 't you think you should say something to her, trying to guilt her into action right? You know Mary did that to Jesus one time at a wedding feast she says, you know they 're running out of food, you know running out of wine." And it would be really embarrassing if they didn't have any more wine. And I know that you kind of got some power. You could probably do something here, couldn't you? you? know. And Jesus doesn't fall for it with Martha. Now, if you're a Martha, and some of you are, you're always doing something for someone. You're making a meal, you're doing laundry, you're cleaning, you're helping with homework, you're working outside the home. There's always something else to do, isn't there? If you're Martha, can you agree that, that, that on your list, your to-do list, there are things you're never going to get to and it drives you crazy. But notice Jesus doesn't condemn Martha. In fact, He invites her to sit. In in one translation, if you read a couple of the other uh, parallel passages in the Gospels, he says, Martha, Martha, Martha. Now, you know, I was interested in what Jesus was saying there, so I went back and I was kind of researching. I was looking at the Greek to get the kind of the feel and the tense of what he was saying. And literally what Jesus said was, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. That's... For those of you who have no idea what that joke is about, just ask your parents because they and, and yeah, it, it, there's no Greek there. It, there's no Greek there. <laughs> Sorry so mary is, Mary's the exact opposite of Martha. Mary's sitting at the, the feet of Jesus, and she's at peace. And you know in you, as you look at Mary in the New Testament. There's many times where you see her, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And the feet of Jesus is very symbolic. It's symbolic. It, it, it speaks of a place of submission. It pl- speaks of a place of service. It pl- speaks of a place of instruction. And see, what Mary is doing is Mary's choosing to be with Jesus. And that's so absolutely critical. This is the critical choice we all need to make if we're going to find peace in an overwhelming world. Jesus basically said, Mary has chosen to be with me. And here's what I found. We need to choose to be with Jesus if we're ever going to find peace. And that's how we're going to overcome this uh, being overwhelmed with the world. So what do you do to be overwhelmed? Two things I want to quickly talk about. Number one, you need to find balance. You need to sit and serve. Now, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, what Jesus is saying is, if you're a follower of His, if you're one of a Christ follower, if you're one of His disciples, you are compelled to serve those in need. It's not a, it's not a debate. You, if you have resources, if you have an opportunity, if you can serve, you have an opportunity and you have a responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to serve. We are called to do things for Him. Okay? In the story of Martha and Mary, Jesus shows us the necessity of listening to Jesus, of sitting at his feet, of being with him. So what I'm saying here is essentially what Jesus is doing in these two stories is he's showing us the the, the balance of what it is to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus, that we're to sit. But we're also to serve. We're to do both. Not one or the other, but we're to do both. It's the two sides of discipleship. We sit at His feet and we serve Him. And that's what we're called to do. Now, Martha is an example of many Christians who are really busy and they're doing things. They're doing this and they're doing that. But here's what I found. There are some Christians that are wired like Martha. And you're wired to do things. I mean, you, you do this, you serve here, you do this, you do this. Do, and, and you know what? You'll do things for Jesus, but you never sit at His feet. You never are with Him. Mary made a critical choice to be with Jesus. And it's a critical This is the critical decision we need to make on a daily basis. We need to understand there's a huge difference between doing things for Jesus and being with Jesus. Sitting at His feet. Maybe the most important thing I need to say to you this weekend is this. Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to sit with Him. He wants you to be with Him. Do you understand that? That's what what you have to hear. And Jesus is saying, Martha, you're doing a lot of good things here. But there's one thing that I would rather have you do more than anything else. Would you sit with me? Would you be with me? Now here's our problem. We can easily fall into doing things for Jesus and neglect being with Him. We can serve Him and do Him. and Listen, if you're a Martha and Jesus is the last thing on your to-do list, you'll never get to Him. You'll never get to Him. And you'll justify it. You say, well, I'm doing this for Him and I'm doing this for Him and I'm doing this for Him. Have you... you know, one of the regrets, if, if I have regrets in, in my life, One of the regrets I have is that I was busy doing things for people, for my kids, for my wife, and I wasn't spending time with them. It's easy to do things for people and to to feel like, well, that's the relationship. But the relationship comes in when you spend time with them. The life of a Christ follower is a balance between sitting and serving. We need to do both. And I'm convinced that one has a priority over the other. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that unless you sit at His feet, you're not really sure what you should do for Him. You're out there doing all these things, but does He really want you to do all those things? And where we get overwhelmed is we say, I have to do this, I have to do this. I feel this expectation. I feel this, I feel this. And I feel guilt when I don't do it. And, And what I'm saying is, but when you sit at His feet, you gain the perspective of what's important and what isn't important. See, what I'm saying to you is this. That we must first worship like Mary. And then we'll be in a good place to serve like Martha. But if we get those backwards... Or if we just sit and don't serve, or if we just serve and don't sit, then we've lost the balance of discipleship. You see, when we sit at His feet, what we find are a number of things. We find a new passion. When I sit at His feet, I get a new perspective. I realize that I'm not in control of this world, of my life, of my kids. There's, I, I think I'm in control, but I'm not. And God says, I created the heavens and the earth. I have a plan and a purpose. Will you trust me for that? You see, and, and, and so a, a lot of stress goes away. I get a passion. I get a new perspective. I understand what it's important and what isn't. I get a new power because I realize that God is in work. That it's not all dependent upon me. Some of you think you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. No wonder why you're overwhelmed. You weren't meant to be God. You weren't meant to take over everything. You weren't meant to control things. There's a point where you have to let go and say, you know what, this isn't really that important. So we must balance our Martha and Mary. We must allow our service for Jesus. We can't allow our service for Jesus to keep us from being with Jesus. Also, we need to allow our time with Jesus to springboard us into proper service for Jesus. And that's the lesson that we need to learn this weekend if you're overwhelmed it just simply means this you 're not being with Jesus you're not sitting with him you're not gaining perspective you 're not understanding who's in charge you're not able to discern and and that brings us to the second point the last the, 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 the second point is that you you can create margin you need to if you can. If you're going to do that, you have to limit the good things. You see, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, you're able to determine what's really important. A big part of the problem is determining what is the most important thing uh, in life. It's very easy to fall into the busyness of life. Martha is doing, think about this. Martha is doing an incredibly important thing. What's she doing? She's getting a meal ready for Jesus and his disciples. That's pretty important. You know, the real challenge is not determining. You know, most of us don't wake up every day and say, "You know what? Should I do? Should I rob a bank or help a crippled boy? I I just don't know." You know, I maybe I should get some help with this. You know, I hope you don't have trouble with that. (laughs) You know, I may be speaking to the wrong audience. I don't know, but maybe I got. But but my my most of the decisions we need to make is between doing a good thing and doing the best thing. And basically, what Jesus is saying to to Martha is, "Martha, you're doing a good thing." but I don't really care about a meal. I want you to be with me. And that's the challenge. We need to decide what's good and what's best. You see, Martha's doing a good thing. She's serving Jesus. But Jesus shows, was showing Martha that Mary had chosen a better thing, being with Him. And you won't be able to make the discerning difference Unless you spend time with him. You see, that's why spending time with Jesus is so critical. And taking his word and saying, Jesus, I'm going to spend some time with you. I want you just to speak to my heart. I want to quiet my life before you. And I want you to speak into my life. I want you to give me perspective. I want to give you, you to give me hope. I want to, re, to understand that I'm not holding the reins of the universe in my hands. That you're in control. And, and I need to hear that. And I need to sit at your feet and realize it's going to be okay because you're in charge. And, and and when that begins to flow, we begin we begin to have perspective, and we begin to understand. Uh, some of you carry a lot of guilt around because you don't get around to things on your list. Oh, I should have done that. I should have done that. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't make that call. I didn't do that. And you know, some of you should make those calls and do that thing. But some of you just you just self-impose guilt upon yourself. And if you sit at the feet of Jesus, He's saying, you know what? I don't really care if we we can eat pizza. Mary, Martha, call out for pizza. Just have the guy deliver it. I'll pay. I'll pick up the bill. We'll find a fish with some money in its mouth or something. That's in the Bible, by the way. (laughs) Not the pizza, all right? (laughs) But you know what? There's a lot of good things you can do with your time and talent and treasure. But here's the problem. You You have to create margin. And margin just means that you have taken your life, you sat down and said, there's a whole bunch of good things I can do, but there's only so much I can do. Let me choose the best things. And when you start choosing the best things, then you say no to a lot of good things. It's the only way to do it. You have to create margin. Every one of us has 24 hours and we overspend our time, right? Every one of us has so much financial resources. And some of you have overspent your financial resources that you have no margin at all. You have no margin for your time. You have no margin for your, for your, uh, your money. And, and you have to stop and you say, what's the most important thing that I, I could be doing here? Maybe this weekend you'll determine that you're going to choose to spend your resources on the best things and let go of a lot of good things you'll create some margin in your life and you realize that life doesn't have to be overwhelming. Here's the last thing I want to say, and we'll close with this. You can, you can find freedom if you rely upon the cross. You know, one of the things I know about Jesus, He's never in a hurry. You know, people are saying, well, we need to get down here, we need to do this, we need to do this. In fact, one time He said, hey, you know, we need to get over to Lazarus. He's deathly sick and He's going to die. And Jesus says, yeah, that's the plan. He's going to die. What? You know? And it's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell him that, but that's the plan. I'm going to raise him from the dead. You know, it's kind of a cool thing. And, um, But so he's not in a hurry. He's never in a hurry, you know. But there was one time when he was absolutely overwhelmed. Let me read you that passage, Mark 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What is going on here? Jesus became overwhelmed because he was able to look Into The cup of suffering, the cup of of sin, the weight of the universe uh, was going to fall upon him. You know, it's one thing to go through a very difficult thing. Maybe it's a physical thing. And maybe you've gone in for a very painful type of a treatment. And uh, the the physical uh, person there, the, the doctor, the physician, or whoever you're working with says, maybe it's just physical therapy. And you go through and you go, Oh, this is just this is so this is almost agony. And they say, Well, you know, here's the deal and they would never probably say this because it wouldn't work real well. But say, you know what, if you think this was bad, just wait, because in about a month it is gonna be more than you can imagine. Now, see, you would say, okay, so I'm not looking forward to any more physical therapy if that's what it's going to be. And so what Jesus is doing at this point, he's seeing the weight of sin. He's seeing the wrath of God that's being poured out. And he, it says he was so overwhelmed in one, version, in one trans, uh, passage of Scripture in, in the Gospel. It says he was so overwhelmed that he began to sweat drops like blood. He was so overwhelmed by the weight of what he was going to do. It wasn't the physical. It was, can you imagine that, that for the first time in the world that, that this, this for the first time in eternity, Jesus would call out to the Father and for the first time ever, he wouldn't just be left by his friends and his his Father would abandon him. The weight of, all sin would be upon him. The wrath of God would be poured out of him. And he, began to, he began to see what it was going to cost. It says that he became overwhelmed to the point that he began to drip drops of sweat as blood. He was overwhelmed to the point of death. And what I want you to see here is this. Jesus became overwhelmed... For you so that you could find peace and grace and forgiveness. Now, here's the thing I want you to hear. Don't throw away the offer of freedom. How could you throw away this offer of freedom? Here's how you do it. There are many people in this community and all across America and around the world who are basically saying, I am doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm going to church. I'm believing in Him. I'm giving my time. I'm giving my money. I'm, I am living my life better than others for Jesus. I'm being a good neighbor. I'm being a, uh, an honest businessman for Jesus. I'm being a good father. i being a husband for Jesus. I'm doing all of this for Jesus. But when you talk to them about being with Jesus, sitting at His feet, having a relationship with him. And they go, wait wait, 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 time out here. What, What is that? That's crazy talk. What are you, one of those Jesus freaks? I just do this stuff because that's what I do. You're talking about being with him. I, I don't know what that, I don't even know what that means. And Jesus says, one day, many will come to me and they will say, we cast out demons in your name. We did this for you. We healed people for you. We did this for you. We did this for you. And Jesus will say to them, and he said, I will say to them, depart from me. You were never with. I don't even know who you are. Do you see how you can miss the grace and miss the mercy that Jesus... You can go... We do this in our lives often. We do a lot of things for people, but we don't spend time with them. Sometimes with our kids. Sometimes with our spouses. We're busy doing the Martha thing, right? And Jesus says, do the Mary thing too. Let's begin with relationship. And then let's talk about service after that. There's a lot of people that are going to stand before God one day and they're going to say, we did this, we did this, we did this. And he's saying, you know what? You never sat at my feet. I don't know you. You don't know me. And all you're really doing is you're bringing a resume and you're saying, look at me. I was overwhelmed for you. But you didn't want me. He didn't want to be with me. He didn't need me. Do you see how you can miss out on the Gospel? The Gospel says you're helpless, you're hopeless, you need a Savior. And Christ came to earth and He lived a perfect life. And He went to the cross and He was overwhelmed for you so that you could find peace and you could find grace. But you only find that at His feet. You only find that when you submit your life to Him. You only find that when you say, Jesus... You're the king. Tell me how high to jump. Give me direction. Give me wisdom. Give me, give, me, give me perspective. And when you call upon him, you'll find that. If you're overwhelmed this weekend, you're absolutely overwhelmed because Jesus is not on the throne. Because you're calling the shots. Because you think you're in charge. Because you're taking on too much. And you need to do what Jesus said To Martha, Martha, these are all good things you're doing. Would you come and just sit at my feet? Because I want to be with you. So I challenge you this weekend. Will you take time every day to sit at his feet and to be with him? Because when you do that, the world that comes at you with, with four legs will become less confusing And you'll be able to determine what's important and what isn't. And you'll find that you're not overwhelmed. That no matter what life... See, I said today, I said I'm not going to change your circumstances. I can't. Even you can't. But we can change how we're going to respond to those circumstances. We can either be overwhelmed by them and be paralyzed by them. Or we can sit at His feet, gain perspective, gain direction, gain power, and come at the world, from a different perspective. May God help us to do that. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, it's so easy for us to fall in our Martha mode and to do good things for You in lieu of being with You. May we begin with our understanding that we have a desperate need and we must be with You. And I pray that we would call upon You and find the forgiveness and freedom that only you can bring. And then as we sit at your feet and we learn about who you are and that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives and we accept what you say about us, that we are your sons, we are your daughters, we are forgiven and you have a plan and a purpose for our lives and you are in control of this world and nothing happens in our lives that you aren't aware of. You know, the very hairs of our heads that we can trust You. That You do a better job of running the universe than we do. Help us to sit at Your feet and gain perspective. And may that be a springboard that we would serve You in a way that would be purposeful and fulfilling, on the mark. And Father, for those of us that are overwhelmed this weekend, may we begin by sitting in listening and hearing your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.